0: We're talking about a God challenge. A God challenge. I believe with everything in me that God is challenging us not to allow ourselves the luxury of living life lower than He's called us to live it. I think God has a plan for each and every one of us. And I believe that God's brought us together as a body with a purpose. And that his purpose is so vital that if you and I refuse to accept the challenge that God sets before us, then the plan of God does not get completed and you and I stand before God and give an account. Didn't get a whole lot of amens there. Well, God is sovereign and he's in control. So your Weird because God wanted you weird. I don't think so. You living in fear because that was God's plan for you to have fear. I don't believe that. I believe that God has empowered us and positioned us to fulfill his will. But, if, but you, you got to realize that I know it sounds good. God is in control. But that just kind of relieves you of all responsibility, doesn't it? And the reality is, is that God has put you in a position. He said, you know, have dominion, rule, reign. As he, he Christ, as Jesus is, as Christ is, so are we in this world. The same authority that he gave his son, he has now opened up to, to you, to me. We have the the power to walk in the same level of demonstration that Christ walked in. All we got to do is get to the position of surrender that Christ got to. Jesus said, I don't say anything except I hear my father say it. I don't do anything unless I'm seeing him do it. Even when he was teaching his disciples to pray, he said, pray this way. You know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, he 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 told us what we need to do is allow the will of God, what's allowed in heaven, that's what we will allow on earth. Okay. If it ain't going on in heaven, well, we're just going to have to put a stop to it in our life too. Amen. See, I I want you to understand something tonight that... There is no shortage on heaven's side. There's not a shortage of power. There's not a shortage of provision. There's not a shortage of, of healing. There's not a shortage of, of provision. There's, not, there's no shortage on heaven's side. The, 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 the issue that we have to deal with is our capacity to contain what God is willing and able to produce. We talked about a little bit last week that, uh, you know, that the, the content is precious so the container is vital. Your life, your life, my life, our life, listen, God has chosen us. God has chosen us. Well, God doesn't do things without a purpose. So God has a purpose. There's a reason why He chose you. And if you... Have the audacity to engage in God's plan for your life. Nothing is impossible. Look at your neighbor and say, oh man, I'm glad I'm here. We have it on the wall. Jeremiah 29, 11, God says that I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. God has a plan to prosper you. God has a plan to, for your future. God has a plan that's filled with hope. It, you know, whoa, what could stop the plan of God in your life? Only you. Only you. The enemy can't. He doesn't have the authority to stop God's plan in your life. You and I, we're it. Look at 1 Chronicles 28, verse 10. We'll put this up King James style tonight. 1 Chronicles 28, verse 10. Take heed now. Everybody say now. Now. Oh, come on. Everybody say now. Now. Okay, when's that? Now. Now would be good. Take heed now. Look sharp now. Remember last week we read this from the message. Look sharp. Take heed. Be careful. You know, open up your eyes. For the Lord hath chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary. The Lord has chosen you. The Lord has chosen you. You know, guys, we don't have time tonight. We can go through multiple scriptures, Old Testament and new, that'll... Say it over and over and over again. God has chosen you. God has chosen you. He has chosen you to build. Let's just stop there for a minute. That what God puts in your possession, he intends for you to increase. Remember the story of the talents. One had one, one had what? Three, one had five. Remember who was in trouble? The guy who did nothing with what his master had given him. You're not simply accountable to God for what you possess, but you're accountable to God for the potential that's locked inside what you possess. You've got, you've got to have a vision bigger than where you're at because God expects you to build, to increase. He's chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. He's chosen you to build a life, a home, a family that represents his plan. God has chosen you, but you're gonna to have to be strong. You're not gonna be able to be weak because what God's chosen you to do will demand strength on your part. So you're gonna to have to be strong. You're gonna to have to be strong. You're gonna to have to, you're gonna to have to refuse in in every area of our life. This is what I really believe that, that, that part of what God's challenging us to do is to, is to look at our life. Take heed now. You know, do some inventory. There's areas of your life where, you're, you're, where you and I are allowing ourselves to be comfortable. We're not using the strength. We have strength for all things. So we don't get to get off by saying, I'm not strong. Yes, you are. You're strong. You, ha- you have everything it, you need to live a life that pleases God. That's what the Bible says that he hath given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's already positioned you to win and succeed in every given situation in life. I have strength. I can be strong. There are moments I don't want to. Hello, somebody. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You know that you're in agreement with me. There there are moments when someone will irritate you, and you know you could be over it, but you're kind of enjoying killing them in your mind. Uh, I just, well, I hit him with the car. It was just a vision, you know. I hit him with the car. Let me back up. Yeah. I, I have the strength. I can be strong. I just have to make a choice to use my strength. Be strong and do it. What is it? What God has chosen you to do. See, he's God. We're not. That would be a good place to say "Mm mm-hmm because hopefully we can agree on that point that he's God and we're not Right. And so so since he's chosen you the strength that you have is not to perform what you want But to perform what he wants Matthew 6 33 we know these scriptures by heart, you know seek ye first the kingdom of God Then everything else is going to be added unto you right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. Seek God's way first and the stuff that you, that, that normally is, is on your mind. God said, let that stuff go. Go after my way of doing and being right. Everything that you want and need, all your, the desires of your heart, I'm going to cause them to just come to you. You're not going to lose by seeking God, right? You're not going to lose by seeking God, but it's going to take strength to let go of what you want, So that you can do what God's chosen you to do. Right? Come on now. It would be easy to be doing what we want. But it takes some strength to go do what God wants. Look at John 15, 16. Well, I chose God. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And ordained you. positioned you. Qualified you. That you should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit would remain. And whatever you ask of the father in my name, he's going to give it to you. That's quite a promise, isn't it? Well, I've been asking God for stuff and he hasn't been doing it. It's because you've been doing what you want, not what he wants. And we're focused on our need and not the need of the kingdom. What what does God need you to do? Well, surely God doesn't need me. Well, then why did he create you? You do realize that you are the answer. I think it's kind of interesting because quite often we're always going to God and we want Jesus to answer our prayers when in reality we are here to answer his. Think about that for just a minute. That will kind of put a spring in your step if you can get a revelation. I'm the answer to Jesus' prayer. (laughs) Think about this for just a minute. When Jesus was thinking about you, he figured I could help. Those guys at work that you know need something. God sent them you. You're the answer. I said you're the answer. Well, we don't want to get cocky. There is a difference between arrogance and and confidence cast not therefore your confidence which has great recompense of reward for you have need of patience for after you've done the will of god you're going to receive the promises of god when when you've done the will of god well you're not going to do the will of god if you don't realize who you are in christ because if you don't realize who you are in christ you're going to sit around waiting for benny Hinn to show up to do what god sent you to do You think some televangelist is going to pop out and angels are going to come down from heaven, do the river dance out in the driveway, when all the time you've been empowered by God to fulfill his will right where you are. Tonight, I'm here to tell you that God has a challenge for you, and probably the first part of that, which I'll just throw in for free, is that you ought to wake up. Take heed now. Look sharp now. Come on, guys. Be alert. God's chosen you to do something. And a lot of times what the enemy distracts you with is all the stupid little stuff going on in your world that, uh, that you're allowing to stop you, to prevent you, to contain you from actually doing what God's called you to do. You're not living God' life the way you should live because you're focused on your life. And there's things that you want and desires that you have and and feelings that you need to be massaged and taken care of. And God's trying to get his people to realize if you would do what I've called you to do, these issues that you have would no longer be issues. You could ask anything in my name, Jesus said, and he'd do it for you. If you realize that I've chosen you, but I didn't choose you because you're pretty. And I didn't choose you because you were funny and I didn't choose you because you were just special. I chose you with a purpose in mind and it is to demonstrate Satan's defeat on a daily basis. Isaiah 54, part of our life for the last 20 plus years god's been speaking to us from isaiah 54 the the the, the first verse we, we we got verse two i'll just tell you the first verse sing O barren break forth into singing and cry aloud for more of the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife saith the lord and you know again just because of time i, I don't have time to break it all down for you but the fact of the matter is is that uh, the word sing literally means overcome overcome think about that for just a minute you have barrenness in some area of your life where you should have fruitfulness and god shows up and he looks you in the eyes and he says here's what i want you to do sing well i've got a reason not to sing and I know the first thing that we do is we think that we're, well, what? We're going to grab a microphone and hit the platform and, you know, belt one out. No, you got you to shift your, your mentality you here just a little bit. All you're going to do in this sing is you are going to begin to change the tune, the noise that your life is making. Remember the scripture that says, uh, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You got to check the noise you make. What kind of noise are you making? Is it joyful? Sing. Overcome. Why? Because you got some stuff to come over. Something's standing in your way. Get over it. Cross over that stuff. How? Then he goes in and and he begins to explain how. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords... Strengthen thy stakes. Let's just look at that verse for just a minute. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Get bigger than you've been. Increase your capacity. Remember, we we talked last week about the fact that God wants to increase our capacity. He wants us to deal with, uh, you know, we talked about the wineskins that cause us to be contained with, uh, you know, mindsets of irrelevance and religion and tradition and complacency right? Uh, irrelevance, that, that it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't matter. I'm here tonight to tell you your life matters. Your participation makes a, an insane difference. And that's why the enemy wants to fill your heart with a belief that says it doesn't make any difference if you're here or not. See, the problem is, is that if it doesn't make any difference, if you're here, then you don't make a difference when you are here. There are two institutions ordained by God. One is marriage, the other is the church. God has chosen us. If we didn't believe in church, well, what are we doing here? We got to believe that, that God has a plan, that He has chosen us for something a lot bigger than us. You know, as you prepare for one day and you're going to take one day's salary and put it in an envelope and it's above and beyond your tithe. Oh my God! Above and beyond my tithe? What are you talking about? I don't even tithe. (laughs) Might as well just get real. You're going to take that one day offering. And, you know, and I want to challenge you tonight that as we approach that moment where we're going to take one day out, out, of, our, out of our annual salary and, and sew it to feed. By the way, the, you know, when they made the CD, they were feeding, what did he say, 11,000 kids. We were with Hal Donaldson and Jess Swam and the whole crew last week. They, they feed 40,000 kids a day right now. They've already, already gone to that level. I want to challenge you that you not only give one day's salary, But you pick the day between now and the date that we're doing it. And you go to work that day and say, okay, God, this one's for you. But you get aware that that is your day. This is my day. This is is the day. This this whole day is about you, God. Why? Because it's going to make a difference. See, if you don't think, well, see, it, it doesn't matter, then you have allowed The mentality of irrelevance to rob you of the power that God has tried to infuse you with. Religion, that's what's left when God leaves. That's all the word means, religion, relic. It's it's what's left over after something's gone. We talked about the cologne that when people put it on strong, they come in the room, you can tell they're there, and you can tell they were there after they're gone. You know, religion is just what's left over after God moves on. We, you know, we, we're not going to allow ourselves to get contained with religion. We're not going to allow ourselves to be bogged down by tradition. There's probably some things that we'll wind up doing that, wow, that's just going to hurt a little bit just to participate. It's kind of like trunker treat. You know, you ought to listen to Marty's testimony about trunk or treat and allow it to change you the way that God changed his perspective. Because what we're doing is we're shining a light right in the parking lot for hundreds and hundreds of people we're expecting thousands of people to be in the parking lot you know on halloween night and you haven't signed up to participate yet what is wrong with you well we we you know we just we're just not really into that who cares what you're into we're not doing this for you well i don't agree with it good submit because there's more power in submission than there is in agreement. How come you all looking at me like that? We're, we're, we're making a difference. I said we're making a difference. I said we're making a difference. We're gonna deal with these this complacency mindsets that well whatever. We're going we're to beat that out of ourselves. Why? Well, because God's chosen us. And he didn't choose us to live a normal, ordinary, unaffected, boring existence. He chose us to accomplish his will. He chose us to find people who are far from God and bring them to a place where they're close to him. To make a difference in their life. And every day, your life is making a difference. Listen to what he's called us to do, what he's challenged us to do, just in this one verse, Isaiah 54, 2. Enlarge, stretch, spare not, lengthen, strengthen. God's called you to get outside of yourself, to get bigger, to reach farther. Farther to see a a bigger picture, God's going to move us. Listen to me. God's going to move us from being connected to each other to being committed to one another. He's going to move us from being connected to this community to being committed to this community. He's going to move us from being connected to God to being committed to God. I realize that some people, maybe even a few in the room tonight, you just ain't ever going to go there. You're not going to move from, from committed to connected. So sit and watch. You'll probably be irritated from time to time. And I will enjoy it. <laughs> Thus saith the Lord. God wants us to grow bigger, to think big, to think big, to think big. Why? Well, because God didn't choose you to make a little difference. The challenge isn't try to hang in there. The challenge is overcome. Overcome. Demonstrate life. Don't be afraid. Fear not. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. Talking about a sea of people who are separated from God. Talking about an end time harvest of souls. That without a people who are willing to commit to the plan and purpose of God they're going to go to hell forever. Might we entertain the idea that God's plan may include you and I being blessed, but it might be bigger than our personal comfort level. Sometimes we become so hyper-focused on The things that we want and the desires that we possess, that we forget the plan that God has purposed for our lives. It's bigger than we are. You know, think what happens when we're stretched. I mean, you know, we talked about that, didn't I? Didn't I say those things that are in that one verse? Enlarge, stretch, Spare not, lengthen, strengthen, enlarge. You know, get last week's tape. If you weren't here, the CD, go online, download it, realize uh, that God wants to increase your capacity so that he can pour out his spirit in ways that you've never seen before. So how do we increase our capacity? Uh, we know the things that limit us. We know that those mentalities and the wineskins we talked about that, that, that can that make us smaller. How do, we, how do we get bigger? How do we stretch? How do we stretch? You know, what happens when we're stretched? Well, you're going to see bigger. You're going to have a bigger vision than you've ever had before. We can reach farther so our ability is greater than it's ever been before. We can can go deeper. What does that mean? Our, Our territory is greater than it's ever been before. But we have to be willing to stretch. I think a lot of us are afraid to stretch because we like. Comfort, and stretch isn't always comfort. Hello? We're afraid to let God take and just pull us out. Come here, Keith. You're a tough guy. we got the rubber bands. We're going to do this several times. I wish. Okay, here come come with me just put your fingers through there and just just pull we're gonna stretch. go ahead uh, I can hear people already going oh come over here where they can watch ready ready go ooh it's gonna hurt that's is, that's how we act about stretching like like this is gonna kill him let's do two at a time why because we're like Power Rangers or something you, know. you ready Man, I wish this was on film. This is so good. Stretch. Let's do it. Let's do it one more. Three? Ooh, Gumby, love you. This one's kind of thick. I don't know, man. One, two. You think we need Todd to help? People want to do it now. Give me, give me seven of them. Go. Yeah. You know what's crazy? Is that what a lot of us do, give Keith a hand. Wasn't that awesome? When we think of stretch, we think of just going right there to that one point. Don't go too far. Don't don't go too far. Yeah. I'm new. Don't want to go too far, though, because if that snaps, ooh, that's going to hurt. That little bit of pain on what's on the other side of that, where that thing breaks. See, the enemy wants you to to consider this stretching, but what God's really wanting to do is destroy you. He's not wanting you to, to just increase your comfort level. He's wanting you to go to the point where you actually feel it for a moment. Snap. Oh, boy. What do we got now? freedom you have some freedom but no we we just we just want to see what the limits are and we take ourselves, you know to to a certain border to, to a certain place and you know we do it in worship we do it in giving we do it in church attendance we do it in prayer we do it in fasting we fast for like 45 minutes the lord has spoken to me What did he say? Kentucky Fried Chicken. I got to tell you, when I fast, it's amazing. I can name every restaurant in town. My mind is sharp. Where do you want to (laughs) go? Dairy Queen. Any other day, where do you want to go? I don't know. I can't think of anything. Fast for about an hour. You can think of something. God wants to get us to a place where we break through the boundaries and, you know, what's crazy is for some of us, it's not going to be very hard. You know, I, I, I'll give you full disclosure tonight. There, there's just four things that I think God wants us to do it's in this God challenge. Four areas that I think that, that in prayer and study and just time with God, four areas that I believe God has spoken to me about our church and I got to tell you something. The people who are coming, you, you know, and the opportunities that are open to us, and and, and the and the, the the weaving of ministry power that that's been taking place, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy, isn't it weird? You, you know, I mean, there, there's it's just kind of awesome. In, in a uh, in a couple of weeks, when John Smithwick is here, John Smithwick, you know, who's John Smithwick? Ah, he's a nobody. And he's just a young guy, and you're going to like him. But you know what's crazy about his ministry is that in the last 13 years, I think it is, in the last 13 years, if you take time and and divide it up, he's had one salvation, one person brought into kingdom, uh, one person every five minutes over the last 13 years. He's a nobody. We're, we're we're connecting with him, and you know, in, in prayer, uh, God's been speaking to me about in time harvest and about uh, positioning us to uh, to to not just be a you, you know a, a group uh, gathering. We're just not a, a small group for uh, you know for certain belief systems in town, but that God wants to bring the lost. He, he's gonna He's gonna empower us to fulfill the vision. But we're going to have to stretch. And for some of us, that means there's some stuff in our life that's going to break. So it's a challenge. And, you know, I got to pray and I'm expecting God to show me these four amazing keys that are just, wow, that's God. And, and I'm like, they're never going to believe this. And God also pointed out that if you can't do this, raising the dead is probably a little bit beyond your comfort level too. Just four areas, just four little things. I got to hurry. I got six minutes left. We got what's cooking tonight? Soup and salad tonight. Whoa. Home plate. That'll help you stretch. Get some garlic bread. Four, four, four areas. I believe that God's challenging us. They're really simple. And yet I know some of us, we're going to struggle a little bit here. Just get ready. Just believe. Well, Tom, you know, he's thinking he's talking to God again. (laughs) First one's just church attendance. Church attendance? Yeah. Church attendance. Well, why church attendance? Well, because Jesus is building his church. He's just building his church and... We got to care about his church, and well, but there's more to it than that because this is a body that functions in every joint, supply at the other joint, and if you're not here, there's no supply. Well, what are we talking about? Church attendance? I'm, I'm, I'm committed. Uh, you know, a lot of us we're connected to, to church, we're not really committed to it. Because if somebody swings by with tickets to a Seahawk game, whew, Seahawks game, who Seahawks, <laughs> they're going to lose. <laughs> uh, some of you, you just got right to the, you almost broke right there. Just. <clears throat> I, I think God wants us to be committed to the house to value what he's doing here. You know, I've been in church my whole life. And what God's doing at the garden is different than any, any time, any season of ministry life, of church life that I've ever been a part of. Everybody we bring here says, you're going to have to really steward what God's doing. Because this, this is amazing. What, what God's doing here, God has a purpose and a plan. It's obviously bigger than you are. You better care. You better care. Guys, we better care. That's just one. I mean, and to me, I'm like church life. You know, our my, my mindset is, uh, well, think about the, the last five years. I don't know how many times have we not been here. I might have been preaching somewhere else or something, but, I, you know, I've just never not been here. It's been that way though our whole life, Mom. You know, we grew up in church. We, you know, we were there. But I think we have to. I think we have to make a commitment to God's house. Even got babies saying "Amen." Uh, well, I'm, let me let me think about that church attendance thing. What's the next one? The next one's gonna kill you. Tithing. That was a good one, wasn't it? (laughs) I felt that. Oh, what? Tithing. See, here's the deal is that if you I'm not asking you to make any commitments tonight. I'm just telling you what I think God's told me to tell you that He wants you to commit to. Tithing? Are you kidding? No. It's just honoring God. I think that we allow ourselves to live a lifestyle that doesn't honor God. I mean, read your book. Honor the Lord with the first fruits of all thine increase. Well, if you don't bring in the first fruits, the tithe, the word tithe, you know, Todd mentioned that it's his opinion that tithe means 10%. It really wouldn't make any difference if it wasn't his opinion because the word tithe means 10th. So I don't know what you're going to do with it. Well, I don't think tithe means tenth. Well, then why do he say tenth? Well, we're not under the law. Okay, under grace, if you're going to free yourself, tithing wasn't under the law either. But if you're going to liberate yourself from tithing because it's the law, then you have to be under grace. And under grace, you don't get to give 10%. Now you've got to give it all. Cool. I don't work on commission. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, some of you look at me, like, you'll get the money. I don't get it. If I worked on commission, well, that's all I'd ever preach about. I bet you I could get good at it. But if we're not honoring God with that, then th- isn't the other side of the coin true? Then if, if you honor God by bringing the tenth, then you dishonor him by not. The third thing is prayer, not whining, (laughs) because we've all done that. I've whined and called it prayer. It wasn't prayer. Prayer is taking God's word into God's presence, getting to agreement with God on that word. Prayer. I think we have to make a commitment to be a people of prayer. I don't know how to pray. Well, then you should be at intercessor prayer on Thursday nights so that they could teach you, you know. That might work. You know, the the more you do something, the better you get at it. Maybe if you're not good at prayer, you just hold on yourself. Let me say that again. I'm not very good at prayer. That's because you don't pray. And Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Maybe we need to make a commitment to prayer every day. And I don't think your prayer should be limited to, dear Lord, bless this food in which we are about to partake. <laughs> the fourth thing is the word that every day you're going to get the word. Now, how are we going to help you with this commitment? Let me tell you how we're going to help you, and then let me tell you what I believe God's going to do after we make the commitment. We're going to do everything we can. I'm looking at the clock, and I've got to tell you what God's dealing with me on. He said, make the very most of time. Make the very most of time. So we're going to use discipline in our time management so that when you come to church, it doesn't go all day or all night. We're going to make it effective. We're going to make it a place that you can't wait to get to, and it's a safe place to bring your friends. You know, when it it comes to tithing, what are we going to do? We're going to guarantee you that the money that comes in is going to be used for God's purpose. And that at the end of the day, I just got to tell you something. With the percentage of people in the house that tithe right now, if we if we if we suddenly if we if we had uh, you know a, a, a double of the percentage and of participation, uh, probably in four years when we're out on a property in our new building, it would be absolutely debt free, and we'd never even have to take a special offering to do it. It, it would amaze you what would happen. It, as a body, if we just all participated, it'll amaze you what God will do in your house when you when you give Him the right to do it. You know, in prayer, how how are we going to help you in prayer? Well, we're going to teach you how how to how to have a prayer life that's effective. Because I know there ain't nothing worse than uh, nothing more boring than ineffective prayer. Nothing harder than praying when, with brass heavens. You know, so we're and the word. You know what? We're we're going to figure out how to put it. On on the website, so every day you can just go to the website and get a proverb of the day. I'll I'll read the word of God to you. You remember how I told you, if if you don't read the word every day, hire somebody? Okay, I'll do it for you. Okay, I'll do it for you. I'll take you through Proverbs every day. Every day. What's going to happen if you make the commitment? I think God's going to open up your world in an insane fashion. There's people that you know that need God that aren't going to be able to get away from the presence of God. There's situations that have never been right in your entire life that suddenly the power of God and the anointing of God is going to come and going to begin to shift and change things. And where the enemy has had a stronghold, he's going to lose his grip. Next week, I'm going to remind you of this God challenge. We're going to ask people who are willing to move from connected to committed to stand together. We're going to agree together in prayer. We're going to outline it. We're going to set a time frame, and we're going to believe, God, that by the time we reach the end of that time frame that we'll have tangible proof that when you do what God said, he produces what he promised Every single time. You're going to have to stretch. You know the guys traveling with Jesus? He always stretched them. Remember when they came to him and they said, hey. They actually interrupted him while he was teaching. And they said, look at these people. They're hungry and they're tired. They weren't worried about the people so much. I think that they just heard him preach that before. And they were kind of looking for lunch. And Jesus looked at him, and they said, send them away. And Jesus said, have them sit down. What are we going to do? You're, you're going to feed them. All we've got is a few fish and a couple of loaves. Right. Can't you just kind of picture Jesus when he's looking at Philip at the end of that miracle and looking at him, just kind of that look like, you didn't think I could do it, did you? Think about stretching Peter when he's in a boat and he's fished all night. And he says, just chuck the net over on the other side. Can't you imagine everything going through Pete's mind? What does the other side of the boat have to do with it? (laughs) Ever been fishing on a boat that used a net? Throwing it out on the other side? meant that he had to remove and, re- and, and remount rigging. It's not as easy as it sounds. Old Peter in the boat, ain't got his power tools with him or the battery was dead. Slamming the tools, can't believe this. Out in front of all these people. If all these people weren't here, I'd tell him what a fish. Stretching him. But I want to point out one other point in Isaiah. He said, don't be afraid. You won't be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You won't come up short. As a congregation... God's challenging us to move from connected to committed. But when God challenges you, it's always to position you for what he has planned for you. If I had a lot more time tonight, we'd go through a bunch of scripture. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, I'd open up heaven and I'd heal. You know, God said, if you just do what I'm asking you to do, What I would do for you would blow your mind. Some of you have dealt with situations for years that you've never been able to figure out why God hasn't come through. Well, it's because every time you get to here, you have a tendency to feel like you've stretched. But God wants to take you past here. But he can't unless you tell him he can. God can't. Make my marriage better. But if I'll get past here and go to here, out, I can get beyond the borders. I can have what I couldn't have before. I can reach where I couldn't reach before. You can go where you've never been able to go before if you'll let God take you past that border. Close your book, bow your head, and let me pray for you.